0: Everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast hosted by hashtagbasketball.com. Your home for the very best fantasy rankings and tools on the entire internet. Go check them out. Their rankings are out there right now. Their projections for next year are free right now at hashtagbasketball.com. I don't know why I, I just really at this time period in this day and age why haven't you gone to hashtag basketball.com go check them out i am your host Cadron. katrin me as always this is my co-host tyler p watts what's up tyler
1: michael it's a fine fine day is it not it's nice it's been a nice
0: you know nice fall it's cooled down but it's not like cold it's not rainy and shitty. Like I don't know, man. The weather is very nice, which makes me very suspicious because the weather is never this nice in Chicago for this long.
1: Dude, doom must be coming.
0: Yeah, we're either gonna get like one million inches of snow this uh, this year, or it's gonna be like polar vortex negative thirty three as the high, for like uh, a whole week, uh, like a fun weekend is gonna be like negative thirty, guaranteed
1: sounds like a great place to live
0: um especially in the goddamn world tyler is chicago um but only please only visit here in the spring or the fall or the uh, the summer is actually really nice too our seasons are starting to expand strangely into more uh, consumable weather Uh, but i i highly recommend uh chicago uh for people to visit uh every time i travel i run into somebody's like oh chicago it's like what are is everything okay there i'm like yeah it's a city of like millions and millions of people on five-star restaurants and like the best dollar tacos that you can get and you can see a, a band play every night of the week and you can go to second city and you can go to a bulls game and that might be the bulls game might be like the worst part actually the bears game would be the worst part tyler
1: i i'm not up i'm not up on the bears play but i've heard it's terrible
0: well we're gonna have to fly you in for a bears game to make you see the agony it is uh the bears but let's not talk about the chicago bears i don't want to like depress the entire audience here because we are finally at the stage of the preseason where we've arrived at the tiers and plateaus rankings uh that we that we i think we do every year i i've I don't know who made up the Tears and Plateaus idea, but um if you're new to the show or if you need an update, if you've forgotten all what has happened in the last year because you've been too busy, like, living your life, not watching the boxes. We prefer not to do, like, true hierarchical rankings. It is simply the fact that the greatest, like, the best, best players... Are the best players, period. And they are exponentially better. They're not like you know one or two or three or four spots better than like a second-tier or third-tier guy. The first tier players really are like playing like three good players at once. Jokic, Embiid. Those guys do so much in one singular roster spot that they are in a tier above the rest. And from about one so I'd say like somewhere in the 40 to 50 range, those are the best players in the league. They're just like better than everyone else. They are statistically more relevant. They do more at a, from a position to position basis than the average player or even the average rostered player in a standard league. And around 45 to 50, that's when the values start to even out. And that's what we call the plateau region. There's a plateau region from about 45 to 75, where all those players are a lot more interchangeable than normal rankings want you to believe. And then there is a kind of a plateau from like 75 to like 120, where, quite frankly, all those guys, they're good, not great. Uh, Some of them have higher ceilings, some of them have uh, lower floors, some of their bell curves are better than other people's bell curves, but... On average, and chances are next season, most of those guys are going to end up in the plateau that we think they're going to end up uh, end up in. And that's why also on Watching the Boxes, we've kind of declared the end of the sleeper because everybody knows all these players. If you're playing fantasy basketball now, there's enough content out there. There's enough good analysts out there where you've definitely heard of the top 150 players in fantasy basketball. You've already heard of them. Like, no one's sneaking up on you if you're paying attention. So in reality, you know, one of the things we try to look at is who has the capability for moving outside of that plateau region into that tier region, and who has the ability to move up in the tiers? And honestly, that's a really, really hard thing to do because just to go from tier three to tier two is a lot of work. Um, And to be a top tier player, to be a first round player... You have to do everything and you have to do it well and you have to do some things uh, better than anyone else in the entire league. So it's incredibly hard to get up there. But we've talked about this in the past, Tyler. This is a weird year. There's a lot of new players out there. There's a lot uh, that are going to be entering into the tiers out of the plateaus and some of our old veterans kind of sinking back down into that plateau region. And I think we've both kind of talked that we're pretty excited about
2: that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think we just, we're seeing something new, and I think new is always exciting in a lot of ways, especially here where we've had a lot of very similar drafts, especially at the top for the last, what, five years, ten years, it seems like. Uh, so it's going to be cool to get some new players up there and to really see who can break out and take that next step and who can't. And I feel like just more and more young talent enters the league every year, so that's always fun. And there's so many, like, I mean, think about the Western Conference. Like, I, I, th- I was thinking about this just the other day, like, Every team is basically trying to win, save for the Spurs. So, like, there's going to be a lot of really fun games when, like, no one is a super favorite. I mean, you can say the Nuggets are, you know, poised to win again, but, like, no one thought the Nuggets were going to win last year, so there's no guarantee that they win again, right? I feel like the race is wide open, and so there's going to be a lot of fun, fun basketball.
0: I think this will be a wonderful year of NBA minus the Chicago Bulls, and I I agree a lot. There's so many teams who are going for it, um, obviously, other than the Spurs. But then, then again, I want to go to the Spurs game Like, I when they come to town. I want to go see uh, Orlando. I've, I've been obsessed with Orlando for like two years. They have so many young players, so many interesting players. Um, Houston is going to be fun. The Raptors uh, might be moving everybody around to get Dame Lillard, right? Like, I, I think there's still a lot to be said and a lot to be figured out. Um, but I, I kind of want to get into the, the top tier. Um, Tyler, this is a, a tier list that I put together, and I just you've just seen this just now. So this is live, real reactions by Tyler to my tier list. My tier list should be different, honestly, from everyone else's tier list. Um, I, I recommend people using the rankings at Hashtag Basketball or wherever you get rankings other than ESPN as a starting point, because we all know ESPN's rankings are a bit ridiculous then creating your own tier list creating your own um i guess value to the players that you think are going to be good because while it will be similar it will never be the same right but i, I do want you tyler to give give your uh, uh, obviously uh, unabashed opinion uncensored opinion on whether you like these tiers or not
1: yeah i mean they, they obviously don't look like what i would do in in some ways but i think this is a good representation of what they are and I think it's an easy way to look at the field and try to figure out you know, who do I kind of want from this group of players and that group of players and like you do a great job of this always of like kind of grouping similar players together and you know maybe I don't always agree with you know the way that you've tiered them up but in the same way like I feel like that's the best way to do it in the sense that like you know do I want this similar player or that similar player or do I really want you know somebody else and um, I feel like your tiers are very good. There are some that I will disagree with, as you will hear. Yeah, yeah. But, um...
0: well, I'm, certain. I- I'm certain, and I hope you do. Um, and it's really hard to differentiate at the top, right? In a tier by himself, in my opinion, I'm going to call it tier zero because he's just that good. Uh, Jokic is my number one pick. He's, in my opinion, in a tier by himself. I don't think you should pick anyone else other than Jokic at number one.
1: I mean, fair. We've talked about this in the past. Like, there is obviously going to be a year where he's not number one. It could be this year, but at the same time, I don't really have anybody else that I feel good about picking second. So, uh, I, I think Jokic is going to be the number one in pretty much every draft.
0: Yes, and I think if you can get the if if you're picking what pick you want to do in your in your draft, the number one pick is still the pick to get. Um, I'm going to talk to you about like how I hate the turn this year. Uh, I think I've said it before in the past. Uh, I think there's a lot of Weird players that we'll uh, talk about, injury-prone players, players who you have to take in the second round who aren't second-round players. Uh, it's 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 a weird interchangeable year, and I think the most important thing to do is you know go with your gut, uh, go with players you really like, but then like don't obviously don't try to oversell some of these players. Uh, but Jokic, number one, period, in a tier by himself. Next pick, second uh, tier one A is what I'll call it. I got Embiid, Konchich, SGA, and Tyrese. I kinda I kind of thought to myself, who would you take second overall? And I think I can talk myself into all four of those guys. Um I Tyrese might be the odd man out, but I still think you could talk yourself into taking Tyrese with the second pick overall.
1: Yeah, I actually I like this tier. I think I would actually probably put Curry and Tatum in it just because, like, in there, I've seen your next tier, like, just, I don't really see a lot of... It's really just a pick your horse. Like, what guy do you want to root for? What guy do you want to watch? What stats do you want to start off with? Like, you know, you might go for and beat if you want to start off with more of a big man because you think that there's a lot of good guards, right? If you kind of want more guard stats, you know, you could go with someone like SGA or Luca or Tyrese or, you know, Curry even. Um, so you got to just kind of decide what you want.
0: Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong, uh, quite frankly, uh, especially way up here in the first round. And we said a lot... Um, on the podcast, like, don't come into your draft wanting to punt. Uh, come into the, your draft knowing how to ignore categories based on the best players available, and you know you can show up and say, "Well, I got Joel and to guess I'm punting three pointers." You're getting over a three pointer from your center. It's not, it's not punting. Um, you take Let's say you even take Steph Curry, right? I guess I'm punting steals and blocks. he's a point guard like it, it just doesn't make any sense for you to start punting right away especially with all these guys who are like absolutely elite across the board and maybe just like mediocre or okay in something they're still one of the best players available and you can still have a lot of players to build a team around so i agree that curry and tatum can be in that uh in that tier i got them in 1b and this is actually where I'm. I'm not sure if I need to uh, make an adjustment because I, I do have Lamelo in my one B, but I'm still kind of afraid of Mello, uh, and his and his and his injury um, proneness, I guess. Um, but his talent is good enough to be considered. I think a first round player, Curry is better, Tatum is better, so maybe that will knock Lamelo down uh, to one C in my final my final tiers. But I think. Melo's young talent and his ability to kind of do everything across the board um makes him val- valuable enough uh, to put him in the in the 1B at this time.
1: Uh yeah, I I don't definitely don't have him here and it's just a lot of the, you know, he had an ankle injury right and then he came back a little bit and then and he hurt that ankle again. And so that was uh not what you wanted to see, obviously. Um I just, I'm really worried about the injuries. But as we're going to see, like, there's no one to feel good about in this general section, right? Like, pretty much everybody is uh, a fairly big injury risk. Like, we're talking about in your next tier, right? Both guys, do they play 60 games? Maybe. But they might play 40. Yes. Uh-uh. Um... This is why I think I'm going to make the case for two people to actually vault up into this tier. And that would be. Dame and Giannis, who you just feel like, if they're playing, they're going to be outstanding, and I feel like they have a much better chance to play 65 games than uh, a lot of the other people around here, which are Lamelo, Kyrie, KD, AD, you know, like, all those guys. Are Are those guys going to play 50 games? Like, I really don't know.
0: Yeah, I think you're making a very good point, because, like, the more I hear about Dame's situation, the more confidence I get that he is going to play no matter where he is, uh, if he's in Portland, he's going to play. If he's in Toronto or Miami, obviously he's going to play, right? So And Dame does have that kind of top five, top six uh, talent. So uh, maybe him and LaMelo switch spots um, from 1B to 1C. I got Dame in 1C right now, along with Kyrie and KD. This is going to be a weird uh, uh, tier because that's like the 1C that... I feel confident about their talent. I don't feel confident about their playing time. With 1D being AD and Giannis, where I feel less confident about their playing time. And I'm going to include Giannis in that space. You know, the more you hear about Giannis's injury, how similar it is to uh, Kawhi Leonard's injury, uh, the more you think about how much uh, wear and tear he's had on that knee. I'm not sure I want to put... Um, like I, I, am not sure I want to take Giannis over Kyrie or KD or Dame, um, simply because Giannis, while fantastic, has an actual hole in his game. You can make up his free throws um, later in the draft. Like I said, you can make up his um, uh, very, very tough. You know, sixty some percent, eleven to twelve uh, free throws a game. If you focus on good free-throw guys in the second, third, fourth round, you can make that up, but you're starting in a hole, and that's why I got him down in kind of the 1D here.
1: That's fair. I'll ask you this, though. Uh, how many games did Giannis play last year? Any idea? Um, I want to say like 60. 63. Okay. Um, he has played 61 in 2021. That's the lowest he's ever played. Now, he's been 63, 61, 67, 63, but every other year he's been over 70. Okay, now he's getting older, but how many games did Kyrie play last year?
0: Mm, 60.
1: Exactly 60. Ooh. And you know how the last time he played 60 before that? Three years ago. 2019. Ooh. So, okay. like... Again, that's a guy like, and, and Kevin Durant, like, you look at the kind of the same thing. Like, Giannis was somewhat injured last year and he still played 63 games. Like, Durant, here's the last four years zero, 35, 55, and 47. Obviously, he missed that one whole year when he had the Achilles, but like, he hasn't played even 60 games since 2019, too. And so I just feel like how many can you really say you're going to get? Like, I feel like 60 for both those players would be the high water mark, and it's probably more like 50.
0: Yeah, and we, I mean, a lot of players are going to sit, right? Like, most of these players, and I think that's why this year is so hard and so confusing, is that a lot of these older players are, they're going to sit, they're going to miss games, but so are a lot of the younger players, too. They're going to probably sit some back-to-backs, especially if they're in a playoff race. Um, like, the new average games played is going to be, you know, probably, for for the top 100 players, probably less than 72. Uh, and so, if everyone's doing it, does it make it now a detriment if 80 plays 64 games and Giannis plays 69 games, right? Is that a detriment? Or is it just norm, the new normal?
1: I mean, yeah, I guess I, I hear that. And I think everyone's going to try to get the 65, right? Because you got to get to 65 to win an award now uh, or be on All-NBA. That's true. Other NBA than Rookie stuff. of the Year, apparently. But yeah, Rookie of the Year doesn't count. I think I read somewhere that rookie of the year
0: and all rookie team, you don't have to get to 65.
1: Oh, this is news to me. I thought it was everything, but that could be correct. I, I, I'm not up. But I know, like, all NBA, you have to get to 65, right? And so many of these guys, especially the young guys, right? Their contract is tied to, like, it goes way up if you make an all NBA team or you make two out of three all NBA teams, right? So all those young guys that are looking for a new contract are going to want to play 65 games, especially if they're playing really well. So you know all those you know the Trey Young the Luka Doncic all those guys are gonna get at least sixty five games.
2: Only yeah, a big injury, right? To... Like
1: if they get a big injury, obviously if if you're hurt, you're hurt. But like they're not gonna be sitting out more games than they need to to be under sixty five. Um, and I'm not like
0: betting on any large injuries, right? I'm not gonna be that person. Um, I, I know we can say like, hey, Chris Sprozingus is injury prone, therefore I even though he can be a top fifteen player, I don't have him in my top fifteen. Uh, But like on the flip side of that, AD is injury prone, but AD is so good and has, you know, not that bad that I have him in that turn space. Um, I think the next tier, right, tier, well, I'm going to call it tier 2A, um, because these guys are definitely second round players. If you take them at the end of the first round, I'm actually not mad at you, because if you are worried about AD... Uh, or you are worried about Giannis or KD or LaMelo, right? Maybe the uh, stability of these players is something you want to do. I'm thinking this year on the turn, I'm going to take one risky player, one kind of more, a player I'm more confident in. And I'm probably going to take somebody from tier 2A. I have Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Dante Sabonis, and Triple J think all of those guys are good enough and have a great ceiling for you to be taking um 100 in the second round uh, but, but at the top of the second round
1: yeah and i guess my thought press here with some of these guys and why like i might move like someone like booker or trey or donovan mitchell maybe even like up into that you know next or that previous tier it's just like i'm looking at it going you know if this guy plays 70 games and I think this other guy is going to play 50, like I'd rather have the 20 more games of Devin Booker, even if they're at a slightly worse uh, statistical rate than someone like KD or AD, right? Um, So, but again, I I really like this tier. And and then maybe I throw in uh, Anthony Edwards, who's kind of like in a tier by himself uh, for you, like in the next tier. But um, I I feel like there's a lot of just like really good young names here that are going to play. And that's what I want. I want someone's gonna play.
0: And, and the way I kind of do this in my brain, right, is that like these tiers also don't mean anything to me, right? Tier one D with AD uh, in it, and tier two A with Sabonis and Booker in it. That means there's really that means they're clo- so close together. Where if I want to kind of interchange those two, I can. But when it comes down to it, I gotta separate something. And at the end of the day, what I would rather have AD or Sabonis? And I, I think 8 out of 10 times, you're going to catch me, saying AD. So in that if that's the case, then AD is in that tier above. And that's kind of the reason Ant-Man uh, is kind of in this middle tier, somewhere between 2A and 2B, is because I couldn't decide whether he is a 2A player or a 2B player. So he's just kind of living in the middle there. His talent is there his skill set is there his age is correct right he is on the uh, on the rise he's going to be dominant on his team do I trust him to make the leap to absolutely positively be in the top 20 where I do think like Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker are going to be in the top 20 and Donna Sabonis is going to be in the top 20 I don't know and that's kind of why Ant-Man lives in this like in-between space where I couldn't decide if he's a 2A or a 2B Probably more of a two A than a two B, but the two B's got a lot of good players.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I guess at some point you just wanna like take the bet on someone taking a leap and he feels like the safest person. Whereas like I mean you're gonna read a, a group of names what the next we're like looking at in like the next nine names where man, I'm scared of all of them. In some ways. And it's really mostly health.
2: Yes,
0: the two the two B tier um has a lot of people in it. And there's kind of two sections to the 2B tier. There's the guys that I like, that I would take over the injury-prone questionable guys. The injury questionable guys or questionable situation guys, their skill set and their fantasy value per game is better than the other group. So that being said, it's like risky but better or more, I guess, reliable... But not as good per game. And I think there's a couple names that you, you might be surprised about in, in this tier, Tyler, that I'd like to get your opinion on. My two tier my two tier B man, I gotta get I gotta get better names for these. Um is the Fred Van Fleet tier. Fred Van Fleet, Jimmy Butler. Shout out Jimmy Butler, stop drafting Jimmy Butler uh, around the 40 and 50 mark in your leagues. Jimmy Butler is amazing, stop doing that. Um LeBron is still LeBron. Now, granted, he he's kind of in that injury prone space as well. Uh, Mikel Bridges, Pascal Siakam, who I have a lot of faith in this year, Car uh, Anthony Towns, who's obviously a, a question as well. Those are my solid two Bs. Harden, Kawhi PG thirteen, of course, and then Chris Aspronzinga's. Also, guys you could see taking in the in the second round, but are definitely third round guys for me because of their injury and or situational problems.
1: Yeah, I mean. Uh, we talked about maybe getting 50 games from KD or AD. Could could you get 30 games from Kawhi or Paul George? <laughs> like, that, that might be a whole nother like, kind of injury-level tier there, right, where we've just, like, not seen those guys play much at all for the last lot of years. And so that's definitely scary, right? Um, again, we're talking about a third-round pick. Like, do you want one of those two as your third-round pick even, like, I think I might even jump down and get some of these names that are a little bit lower over them, just because, like, I mean, let's look at a guy like Darius Garland. Like, don't you feel good about him playing 65 games? Kawhi Kawhi literally might play half that. And he just had a knee surgery again, right? He's played 57, 52, none, and 52. It was the year, the nine year in 2018. Like, I, I don't know, man. I just, I'm scared of Kawhi. I'm scared of Paul George, uh, for sure. But again, I like these tiers. I think that they're, they're grouped right. I think these are all really good players. And if Kawhi and PG both play 65 games, what are they ranked? They're, pr- I mean, they're probably 22, 21, 17, even. Oh, dude, I could even see Kawhi being like, in 65 games, I could see Kawhi being like 15th.
0: Oh, yeah, Kawhi could be like top 10 if you plays 65 70 games and that's kind of why this tier is and i think the second round is the hardest round like absolutely the hardest round because there's so many question marks there's so many players that are either really great but i don't know if they're going to play or just very good um and that's why i like fred van fleet jimmy butler um i think you know what you're going to get out of those guys i think you know what you're going to get out of lebron james um the two guys who I kind of like, these are the guys that, you know, We I said the death of the sleeper uh, no longer exists. The two guys that I have in this category that I, these are the, that will be significantly tier upgrades from previous years is Mikel Bridges, who we kind of saw turn it on in Brooklyn once he was there to play at this level, and Pascal Siakam, who that to me is like my riskiest, like, hey, a bump. Um, because Pascal Siakam, right? He's 29 years old. Um, I actually don't know where he will be when the, at the start of the season. Probably Toronto, and he's never been a top. I think he's never been a top thirty player. So I don't know. I just really like Pascal Siakam, I, don't know. I, I think he has the capability of being a top thirty player. Um, but that might be one of the guys people are going to disagree
2: with.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's that's fine. Like I, I think you picked your horses here in some ways, right? Like, I might prefer guys like Garland and Bane over them, but I think it's good to, you know, pick a guy that you like and and really put them um, in a tier kind of above where everyone else is taking them. Um, So, yeah, I don't have any problems with that. I Probably is a little high for me for Siakam, but at the same time, like, look at the names around here. Again, I don't feel good about some of them, so if you feel good about Siakam playing a lot of games and, you know, maybe he... Thrives in Toronto without Fred Van Vliet. Maybe he goes to somewhere else and is their star. Like all those are possibilities. The one I wanted to talk about was Kristaps uh, Porzingis, kind of versus Jalen Brown in some ways. Like obviously Porzingis is on the Celtics now. Do you think Porzingis can still score? You know, twenty-three points a game on a team with two guys that scored more than that last year.
0: Doesn't have to, right? We talk about this a lot. Um, whenever there's three dudes. Uh, on a team two guys eat and one guy doesn't and like it does kind of make sense for them to say chris Stabbs, uh you don't need to do a whole lot because we need you to like actually play basketball and be healthy for like the playoffs so let jalen brown eat they'll let tatum eat and chris stapps you know kind of does what he does spread the floor out and block shots and maybe take less shots so yeah he, he might not be poised to have that same um of production in Boston that he uh, has had in the past. Now, granted, like he's still going to be incredible percentages, uh, solid points, solid blocks, solid rebounds, good threes from a center, and I, I you know I still think that's really good. But like last season, I think if you go look at Hashtag basketball's rankings, you know he was eleventh per game in 65 games. Right? That's probably not in the cards.
1: Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is like I, so Porzingis. Uh, an injury risk, let's say. I mean, like, he's played yeah. a little bit more in recent. Like, he played 65 last year, but looking before that, 51, 43, 57, didn't play at all, 48. So, again, that's an injury risk and a guy I think that might average, like, 18, 19 points a game. Maybe the rebounds are, you know, seven and a half, eight. You know, the blocks are really going to be what sways it. But, again, I even if he's getting two blocks, like, I don't want to rely on that two blocks to, to make him a – you know a top 40 player a top 30 player like Porzingis I think is a little bit more in that like fourth roundish for me like I don't really want Porzingis as my third player just because I don't feel good about it like in a lot of ways just because like oh man like I don't want to be fooled by last year like he finally had a healthy year and we're like all all back in
0: and I, I think it's an absolutely great reason um and a valid reason or when anyone is making their own tiered list to go, you know what, Chris Stapps, talent-wise, is good, is really, really good. I personally don't trust him. I'm moving him down a tier. Where, like Pascal Siakam, right, for me, I really trust him, and I think he's got more in the tank. I think he could actually still improve this season. And when I look at the other guys who are in the in this next tier, I kind of want him a little bit more than the bigs and the forwards. And I'm noticing there's still a lot of really good guards left. And so that forward spot kind of becomes a little bit more valuable to me um, here in this kind of like tier 2B. Um, And that's kind of what, for me, Pascal comes up. Well, someone else might go, you know what? I like Vujovic. I like Turner better than Pascal. Maybe they switch him out. Maybe they switch both of them out. Uh, Maybe they don't like Cat at all. And I think that's the whole process here is what everyone should be doing when they're approaching their draft. Starting with some rankings, getting your tier list, and asking yourself, literally, a player player-by-player question, do I like this guy better than these other guys? If so, move him down a tier. Then wait a week and then do it again, right? Like, earlier I said, like, well, I have LaMelo, but now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of like Dame more than LaMelo. I'm probably going to switch that, um, those two players, Come next week, right? So, like, every like it should be evolve an ever evolving list here. Um, in my next tier, the two uh, C tier Tyler, uh, this is probably the biggest tier, and I've noticed a pattern, um, from the last few years of doing this. You're either better than Jalen Brown, or you're worse than Jalen Brown, and that's kind <laughs> of the cutoff for the tiers. Um, Jalen Brown, great player very good fantasy wise has kind of been doing the exact same thing every single year he's either the best of the worst or the worst of the best and i'm gonna say worst of the best well it's either way it kind of sounds insulting uh but worst of the best means he's still the best so that's what i'm gonna say in case Jalen brown is listening shout out to Jalen brown these are the guys i'm drafting before Jalen brown unfortunately Darius Garland, who I really, really like this year. Desmond Bain, who a lot of people have would probably put a tier up or maybe even two tiers up, and I'm not going to and I'll probably explain why. Zach Levine, a lot of people are sleeping on him. Lowry Markkanen. we don't love Lowry Markkinen, but we like Lowry Markkanen. We don't think he's going to take a leap, but he's still a pretty good player. Miles Turner, he's Miles Turner. Vujovic, he's Vujovic. Uh Bam Adebayo, people have kind of stopped overpricing Bam, but he's still... A, a, a tiered player. He's still a good player. Marta Rosen, Dejounte Murray, Drew Holiday, and entering this entering this tier, all these guys have kind of done this already. But entering this tier
1: from the Plateau region, Kate Cunningham. A lot of players. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Kate Cunningham's gonna be a monster. Like that's just he's just coming into his own. I think, and he he's another one. He's got to stay healthy. If he can do that, that's fine. Um, I think he can easily be a kind of a top 40 player. Um, will he do it? I mean, that's yet to be seen, but I, I feel like this, you mentioned it, right? You hit it kind of right on the head. Is like, these are the guys that you want, and you want to get two or three of them if you can, because after this, like, there's a lot of you're betting on upside, or you're just getting someone okay, but he's really kind of in a big plateau of yeah. a lot of guys from, you know, kind of like 50 to 100, right? And there's only 41 guys on this kind of first part, and, and there's a big drop off kind of to the rest. And the rest seems very fungible, and like some of those people will break out, obviously, but this feels like a safe marker of like these guys are all going to be really good. And in some ways, I don't really see a big gap between any of these players either. Like you're saying, like, do I want DeJounte Murray or Darius Garland? Well, I think I want Darius Garland, but like, if you sure. wanted DeJounte Murray, I wouldn't be mad at you.
0: Yeah, they're both really good. I, you know, I might take Garland and Bane every time above Drew Holiday, but like, what I want to get, like you're saying, is I want to get Bane at the, uh, or Garland in the end of the third and then get Drew Holiday in the fourth.
2: Yeah, that, that that's the be, idea,
0: right? It would be a great couple guys to have because I think they're. while well, some of these guys are going in the fourth, and I've even seen a couple of these players go in the fifth round, they are, in my opinion, better than the like the rest of the league. After this, after Jalen Brown, it all kind of starts to even out. Not saying that there aren't guys like OG and Anobi, like Kessler, like Chet that I like a lot. Is that I don't see them unless everything goes perfectly. I don't see them breaking into the value that someone like Demar Derozan brings. And, like, that's saying a lot because the difference between someone's ranking from DeMar DeRozan to Kessler might be, like, three spots. I don't see any world where DeMar DeRozan, across the board, isn't more valuable
2: than Walker Kessler. I'm with you there. Kind of want
0: to hear your opinion cuz we're entering into the plateau region. If you think any uh, any of these players have the ability to break into tiered um space, right? Um we're kind of at if I, if I'm doing my math correctly, jalen Brown is about the 41st pick um in my tiered system. After this, I do think we enter the plateau region. Now, some of these guys are much better than other guys in the plateau and that's why I still have kind of tiered plateau regions. Like I have a, a top of the plateau and a bottom of the plateau. Guys I like more than I, um, the others. But I think the whole point is is that about four, apparently 42 to about, I'm going to say 72, 73. All those guys are fairly interchangeable. I like some of them more than I like others. But like, are you really getting like a huge difference between Bradley Beal and Tyrese Maxey like is there a huge difference there not uh probably not a whole lot um you might like Bradley Beal a lot more than Maxey or vice versa and then if so target them in in this space but um I don't I think some of these guys are capable of getting into the tiered space do I think they will this season Right now I'm saying no uh, I don't think they're going to get into, uh, above the, the Jalen Brown line, right? So let me list off a few of the ones that I have like right right here at the top of the plateau. I've already mentioned Kessler, Bradley Beal, uh, Chet, Uji Ananobi, Claxton, um, Victor, Hudson, Maxi, Aaron Fox, Chris Middleton, and Jordan Poole, Ayton, Mobley. I got Jared Allen, Brooke Lopez, Brandon Ingram. Like, all those guys are really good. You might like some of those guys way more. I think a lot of people will be like, how dare you have Kessler and Claxton out this far? It's like, well, they are more valuable because they are sinners, right? And if you want to value them more than that, please do. But I don't think they are more valuable than anyone I've mentioned in the tier, in, in the tiered space. They're good, not great. All of these guys are really, really good.
1: So, drafting both those players is just, it's problematic for me if you're going to do it in the fourth round. I agree. Because, like, you're getting half as many points as somebody else. In the fourth round, I can get Jalen Brown, who's going to score, like, 25 points a game.
0: Yes, Walker Kessler might give you, like, two and a half blocks. He's going to give you, like, 11 or 12 points, maybe 13 points?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm getting twice as many points as you, and, like... Those guys, both both of those players, they're elite in three categories and trash in the rest. Yes. That's not the player I want this high. I don't want that in the fourth round. I don't want that even I don't even really want that in the fifth round. Let's face it.
0: I do I think they could have incredible years. Sure. Claxon, Kessler, Chet could uh, be fantastic. I I I actually I think I like Chet out of all of them. Um like, to, to have a higher ceiling. I don't think he reaches that ceiling this year. I do think that ceiling is a tiered player, actually. But I don't think he reaches this th- that ceiling this season. And I can go probably get Brooke Lopez or um, Jared Allen in the fifth round. Or the sixth round, even. Instead of taking Walker Kessler in the fourth round.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, just keep going down. Like, there's going to be some decent centers around 75, 80. There's going to be some decent centers around 100. Like, I, I don't know. Like, give me Jalen Duran, Then give me those two. Like, give me Jalen Duran in the what? Like, eighth round? Seventh round? Ninth round? Yeah, I going to be down there,
0: actually, but uh, I, I do like him. Uh kind of a bit, but, like, I got Durin Durin in my top 100.
1: Um, Yeah, like, I get picking Victor and Chet here, because, like, you go, like, okay, well, they might not be here, but they could be top 30 players. Like, we don't know. We don't really know what their statistical profile is going to look like. And Wabanyam blocked, like, three shots a game last year in France. Can he do that in the NBA? I'm not sure, but he might be able to.
0: He is super long. He is going to play. He's going to be um, quite skilled. Um... Victor is probably Victor and Chet are probably my young guys who could break into the tiered space. Kessler and Claxton, I think they're going to do, they're going to be better, but they're also going to do a lot of the same things that they did last year. And I'm just not sure a pure center who shoots under 60% from the line who doesn't hit any threes can ever really be better than Vujovic or uh, Turner or Bam or Cat. I don't think that skill set ever gets you into the top 25.
1: And that's why it's a mistake when I see people like having them there. They're just overvaluing blocks. It's real. And it's just, it needs to stop. Um, You ready for some surprise players that I think might be able to overtake Jalen Brown in that kind of 40 spot? I'd love to hear it. Let's see if I can surprise you. Um, Okay. I'll I'll say the least surprising player for you first. Okay. Okay. The least surprising first. Uh, Chris Middleton. Yes. We both. would not at all surprise Right, it would not at all surprise me. He's got to be healthy. Is he going to be healthy? I don't know. But if he is, it would not at all surprise me if he's better than Jalen Brown. Um, Tyrese Maxey. If Harden leaves, they're not getting a point guard. There's no one else to be the, the, the de facto lead ball handler other than Tyrese Maxey. So if Maxey gets you six and a half, seven assists, he becomes pretty damn interesting.
0: If he's going to be scoring like 22 points a game, shooting a bunch of threes... And getting and then getting those assists up to like six seven, then that like, point it's it is easier for point guards to break into that tiered space because you know there's not a lot of true point guards out there. But the percentages I love, um, I do think he's a decent rebounder as well for a guard. Um, I, I do think he can get up there.
1: Those are the two I feel, you know, kind of the best about. I would say uh, other names I could just see like. If somehow Evan Mobley gets the shots, I could see him kind of just, like, going into that space. I think he's really, really skilled, and we both really like him. Like, that's that's not... And then there's a, a couple other young guys that I'm like, man, there's just something there. Like, Franz Wagner, there's just something there. If you watch that guy play, and you're like, damn, he's good. He is really good. I, um, I think
0: that's what I want to encourage people to do is, like, look at the plateau region for your own rankings and go, who do I like? Because you mentioned a lot of players that I do like, like Evan Mobley. I don't know if he ever gets out of the shadow of Don Mitch while well, Don Mitch is there, but Evan Mobley has the skill set to be a tiered player. Or Opportunity, Tyrese Maxey. Opportunity is there for him to be almost as good um, as Darius Garland, maybe. Uh, Jalen Brunson. Uh, him and Jalen Brunson are probably going to be Knocking on the door of the uh, of, of the Jalen Brown door all season long. And every once in a while, they might be better than Jalen Brown, right? Jordan Poole also might be that player. Um, I, I really like Jordan Poole. So I just indicate those guys, as especially guys I can definitely get later in the draft, as guys that, hey, I think they're actually really good. I'm going to target them as long as they're available. Because I know, one, I like them, and two, we're in a space where I'm not, like, passing up Cade Cunningham or Desmond Bain just so I can get Walker Kessler or even uh, Chet or Evan Mobley, somebody I actually
1: like. For sure. And I think, you know, this is what makes this, this fun for me, is, like, you can always end up with players that you want. Do you like? You want to root for it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to pick, I don't know, insert player here that I don't want to watch. There's no requirements. Just because somebody where the draft software says, oh, you know, this player is, Nick Claxton is the 42nd ranked player. Like, don't draft him at 42 if you don't like him. I don't. I don't want him at 42. I'm not going to do it.
0: Hey, Tyler, we're at the second half of the first plateau. I want to play a little Who Would You Rather
1: game. Cause... Oh, I had one more name for the break oh, go ahead. in the go top tier. It. You ready for this? I think this one's going to shock you the most. Ready? Yeah, let's hear it. Josh Giddy. Uh,
2: okay.
0: I see the pathway, but I also don't see the pathway, if that makes any sense. The skill set the of the stats are there, but I don't know how he gets enough usage.
1: If the dude plays 33 minutes instead of 31. Okay. He shoots over 50%, which he went from 42 to 48. Okay. And literally all he's got to do is either eliminate the threes or just make a few. He lost 32.5% last year. So if he can just mm-hmm. make 34, he's shooting like 50%, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Two more minutes a game, that's like 8.3, 8.4 rebounds.
2: has
1: got to He's got to bump the assist up to 7. He was 6.4 as a rookie. 6.2 last year. Now, here's really where it's got to happen. The steel's got to go to like 1.2 and the blocks got to go to like 0.6, which don't seem that out there for him. He's just a big guy. He's ginormous. Six foot eight, just everywhere. Shoots over 50%, gets a little bit more, a few more minutes, a few more shots. Like he's averaging 20 points a game. It, it could happen. And, it and sounds this is- crazy.
0: But this is the difference between a plateau player and a tier player, and we say it all the time. We talk about the tier players and plateau players. This is the difference, a little bit here and a little bit there on the court. That is so difficult to do. A little bit here and a little bit there, like to go from uh, 0.8 steals to one point three steals, or from go to uh, zero point four blocks to you know zero point nine blocks a game. He has that you know skill set, right? But like. That progression has to start happening. Um, a little bit more assists, a little bit more rebounds. I don't think the rebounds are going to come with Chet uh, being healthy and being there. And he's got to figure out that free throw and, and, and three-pointer situation. He has to figure that out. And until he does, he's going to be a plateau player. He's also 21. Oh, yeah. so.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, And here's the thing that hurts kind of all those Thunder players, and I think it's going to hurt Chet somewhat, is like... They have fifteen guys now that they want to try to make into real NBA players. The problem. They're not is, really good. <laughs> the problem is, yeah, the problem is there's not minutes for fifteen guys. It's like they literally had to cut like Usman Garuba and TyTy Washington because like they literally just didn't have anywhere to like. Okay, we have more than twenty people and we can't fit you on, so you're you're gone. Just go away.
0: <laughs> Sorry, you're really good. Uh, please leave.
2: For the G League. Yeah.
1: And that's what's crazy is, like, the roster's just so deep and it's so, like, insanely packed with players that, like, they literally don't have minutes for them. And so that's kind of hurting Giddy. But, like, I I don't know. I mean, Giddy's just, like, he took a really big leap last year and he's one of those players that's, like, power forward in a body of a, like, play point guard, but is a power forward size. Like, I don't know, something about those players just always makes me, like, really intrigued for fantasy.
0: And I think... This Plateau region has a lot of really good players in it. We listed like five or six that we even think could be tiered players. And I think it is an in-between season. Some of these players are going to be tiered players. I don't think that – I'm not certain or I don't think they're going to be. I would actually say, guaranteed, someone in my Plateau region finished this season above Jalen Brown for sure.
1: Well, I'll give um, you one that could happen in an instant. Zion Williamson, he just plays 60 games. Yes. He's, he's in there. Like, it done. Can That's he do true. it? He hasn't. He never has, but he might.
0: That's why Zion is at the bottom. I'm going to call Zion the bottom of the plateau. Um, that's where the plateau ends, is that Zion, because uh, I'm willing to, and a little bit of the science around this is what I'm willing to do, right? I'm willing to take Zion at pick 76. I don't want to. I'm willing to. Um, he's not going to get down to pick 76, and that's actually kind of where I value him, is at the bottom of this plateau region, I value all of these players above Zion, even though I know Zion is drastically more talented than all of these players because I don't trust Zion. Someone might have Zion. Mike,
1: I want to start in their, a, in their first round. They I want to start a contest with you every year. Can we? Can we start a contest? Sure. Why not? At the, at the end of okay, this is this is this is a contest for you. At the end of every season, you have to do more push-ups than the game Zion plays. This right. is a new. This is a new yeah. challenge. The Mike. The Mike challenge. This is Mike. Mike gets in shape challenge. So Deal. last year, how many would you have to do?
0: How'd you know I wasn't in shape, Tyler? Uh, negative. Is it negative
1: games? Twenty nine. You only did. You could do thirty. You could do thirty pushups, guarantee. Yeah, I could do
2: thirty pushups.
1: So this is gonna be a new. T- at the end of the season, we're gonna tape Mike doing the pushups. See I if know. he can beat Zion's games played. I think I one year do... you wouldn't have to do. You wouldn't have to You only had to do one, Mike. Twenty twenty two. You only have to do one.
0: That one I could do. Twenty nine is, is uh, its not a lot, but it's it's enough. Like, oh man, this is this is more than I thought it was. <laughs> in, the, in, this, in, in the second plateau version, I want to play a little game because, I, like I said, a lot of these guys' values are interchangeable, but you might value them. Um, and I'd say even day to day, sometimes my value between these two uh, these different players changes on a day to day basis. So I want to I want to throw some of these at Tyler. Um, Are you ready to play Who Would You Rather? At toe edition. Let's do it. Right. Well, I'm going to go right after you. Um, Brandon Ingram or Julius Randle?
1: You just got a thing for Lakers, Michael? Yeah, I Uh, love former Lakers. Man, that's a good question. Uh, Give me Brandon Ingram. Okay. Even As though a, I don't like owning Brandon Ingram, I'll be the first to admit, because there's no real do. steals or no real blocks. So that kind of just like never never sits super well with me, but I will go with Brandon Ingram here.
0: Brandon Ingram's in the running for being like the original Jalen Brown, right? Where he was like almost good enough to be a tiered player. but He, he could have been a tiered player, but he never did, and he's kind of not really bad enough to be a plateau player. Um, unfortunately, the injuries uh, have made Brandon Ingram... Certainly a plateau player, but let's remind ourselves Brandon Ingram is 26 years old and can average like 23 points a game.
1: He averaged almost 25 last year. Really good. It's very,
0: very good. My next uh, Who Would You Rather. Let's see. I want to get a good one. I like. I like this guy. Franz. Franz Wagner.
1: Or Scotty Barnes. Uh, give me, give me Franz. I just feel like he's going to have a much larger role in that offense, and uh, one of my maybe surprise-ish picks to average like 22 points a game.
0: He really liked Franz Wagner last year. I think uh, you know I've freely admitted and maybe even said it earlier. Watched a lot of Orlando for some reason in the last few years, and one of the things about. Franz Wagner is that he is way bigger than people give him credit for. When you watch him play, don't with his skill set, you're like, that skill set should not be on a man that big. But then you see him like body up into someone like uh, DeMar DeRozan, and you go, oh shit, like Franz is way bigger than DeMar rosen but he's got like the footwork. So it's like he's got that skill set. I think one day he's going to break out. This could be the year. Um, Scotty Barnes, I think, also has, like, a really high, like, NBA ceiling. And I think you have to differentiate Franz and, and, and Scotty. They have really good NBA ceilings. Their fantasy ceilings, I
1: don't know. Well, I mean, for both players, like, and, and maybe we get some points Scotty this year with, like, I mean, they they lost Van Vliet. They've signed Dennis Schroeder. Like, Schroeder's not a – Schroeder's more of a score-first point guard. So maybe, you know, someone like Scotty Barnes, you know, takes up to like six assists a game and then he's super interesting, right? But uh last year like he got a little more uh go in the offense and the percentages came down and so that wasn't great to see. Um Chris Wagner is a guy though like I feel like his percentages are improving. Everything's kind of improving. Getting a little bit more assists, getting got his steals up, you know, played a little bit more. Um I feel like both have insane amounts of talent it's just you know what can they actually turn their statistical profiles into for fantasy and it doesn't feel like they're going to be like top 40 players but at the same time like if you're going to bet on somebody bet on somebody 22 and not 40.
0: I think like I want people to realize we're talking about these players we like them we like them in different ways but at the end of the day they're pretty similar players and they all kind of live in this plateau region and that's like, maybe you think Franz is the one who breaks out. Maybe you think Sky is the one who breaks out. That's how you would create, uh, I guess, a ranking and or a draft strategy out of this tier and plateau system. I'm really trying to get this to catch on, Tyler. Uh, I got a few more because I think there's a, I mean, we could do this all night, but um, I, I, I got a few more here. I think they're really good. Uh, really good questions. John Morant or CP3?
2: Um, does Chris Paul accept playing me off the bench? Yeah. Let's say yes.
1: Then give me him over Morant, I think. Because Morant, Morant's down 25 games to start it. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like, that's. And I don't know. Do you trust him not to be what he's been? I don't know, a knucklehead. Like, whatever you want to call it. Like, he just he needs to grow up a little bit. I don't know if he does. That's scary. Um, a lot of people like to say Chris Paul is an injury risk, right? So maximum number of jobs Morant can play is 57 games. You want to know the last time Chris Paul has played fewer than 57 games in a season? I'll let you guess. Wild,
0: I'll let you guess. I want to say like 11 or 12 when like I
1: think he like was injured or something like that. 2010, he played 45. Still like for half a season now he's been hovering around that 57 like the last five <laughs> years like 58 58 70 70 65 59 like he's been around it but you get my point like John Moran's that's with no injuries and John Moran hasn't been the healthiest guy no, no he is not so um, yeah I'm, I'm just very scared I'm very scared yeah. of that this year like I, maybe I being, like too. 40
0: games I think there there's a ceiling on uh, CP3 that's, I'm going to say, actually higher than John Morant's, right? Even coming off the bench. CP3, efficient, steals, assists, they all haven't gone down per minute, even if he's coming off the bench playing, uh, you know, playing that secondary role, he's still, like, kind of like when, like, Dirk was coming off the bench, you're like, Dirk's still pretty good coming off the bench.
1: Yeah, for sure, and No, the thing with Moran is like you're gonna get elite points, so you don't want to let that like fall super far, because like I mean he averaged twenty seven and then he averaged twenty six last year, so like you're gonna get elite points, but how many games of it are you gonna get? I don't know exactly. And that's what's scary. Scary.
0: I agree. Speaking of elite points, who would you rather draft? Jamal Murray or Terry (sighs) Rozier?
1: Give me Jamal Murray. I don't know, like, j- just Tara's Your I don't know, he, he doesn't, like, scare me in any way, because, like, I feel like you know what he's going to be, but, like, I don't know, he's shot better since he's come to Charlotte, so I'll give him credit for that, but, like, it was down to 41 last year, Now LaMelo could be healthier, which is going to be good for him, like, he needs LaMelo to be healthy to feed him a little bit, but at the same time, like, I don't know, man, Dude, does he shoot 38% and just absolutely dive bomb your field goal percentage?
0: Yeah, I, I think we know what we're getting with Terry Rozier, and I, I definitely have Jamal Murray ahead of him. Um, a couple more. Let's let's be let's try to be a little bit more controversial. Uh, with I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to be more controversial with my picks. Cam Johnson or Jalen
1: Williams? That's not something I've thought about. Let's face it. This uh... <laughs> is not the controversial. I, so the Nets. Are, are the team that I think could just like look completely different by the end of the season, is that fair? Yeah, they could
0: easily just blow it up again.
1: Or just be like, okay, screw it, we're just gonna go in for a star. We have a lot of like pieces, they're not really doing anything for us. Maybe we just go all in for like a Damian Lillard or a insert player here that becomes available, right? Just trade everything we got, try to get somebody way, you know, good that can make this like mash of pieces decent, right? And at that point, like, then isn't Cam Johnson, like, the third option, fourth option? Like, he's fine, but, like, I don't know. It falls right back off. Right. And so, I don't know. Like, but then again, like, we're talking about the Thunder. Like, they have a thousand guys, and they all could take a step forward. So, I don't know. I don't feel great about drafting either one of these two players. I probably will not own much stock of either person on any of my teams, let's be honest.
0: I, I kind of like J, uh Jalen Williams. Um, I mean, it's just that, you know, like you're saying, okay, City is so full of players and talent. Playing time is going to be the best. Um, I kind of like Jalen Williams a little bit better than Cam Johnson, but they're very, very incredibly weirdly similar players. Um, uh, maybe last, maybe the
1: last one. I feel like it's a fit thing too in that that battle, right? Like, do you want? You know, a little bit more points, or do you want the kind of, you know, really good field goal percentage? Like Jalen, one shot fifty two percent last year from the field. Right? Like this is like little things. Like okay, maybe I need a little boost in field goal percentage over this. Like if I'm debating between those two players, I don't know. I just feel like those two. Those, if I was doing like a numbered ranking list, they'd probably be like seventy five and seventy six. They're made up. Yeah, right like you know like, Absolutely. Yeah, they're just like super close. Right.
2: Andre Ayton or Albert Sangoon?
1: Um,
0: and aren't they the same player?
1: They are. Um, I have a a couple of stranger takes, I think, on both those players. Uh, yeah. In the sense that I don't think Sangoon's going to play that much with Ime there. Ime wants defense, Sangoon's not good at it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's a problem. And DeAndre Ayton wants the ball, and he's not going to get it. So, And apparently there's not a lot of trade market for him. So are they both going to be sulking and not playing great? Like those are another two players where I'm not super excited to draft
2: them.
0: I, I'm not excited to draft either one of them, but I think the difference is I think a lot of people are excited to draft Albert Zegun. Um I know the assists are obviously way better, and if they kind of ran more things through Sagoon, his assists would go up. Saying they're probably not going to do that. While DeAndre Ayton, you kind of know what you're going to get out of DeAndre Ayton, and it's kind of the same thing you're currently getting out of Albert Segun without him taking a leap. So the question is, right? Like DeAndre Ayton. I mean, I don't have the. I should pull up the ADPs, take a look. But I have a feeling Albert Segun's ADP is a lot higher than.
2: Up Prince
1: Goon's ADP is sixty one and a half. Eaton's what? is uh fifty three point eight. Eaton's actually
0: oh, higher. Right now, now. Oh, yeah, I'm so. surprised.
1: Yeah, I don't really want either one of those players at that range. Like, honestly, just at that point, like give me give me Chet Holmgren. give me you know, like somebody that I'm like, okay, this guy could like take a step forward. Give me Josh Giddy over both those players. Like I feel like both those players might be uh sulking. Give me Tyrese Maxey, 57. Tyrese Maxey going kind of right in between those two players. Like, give me, give me him.
0: Uh, I think you can yeah. I think you can find a lot of really good players because once you've kind of created your plateau list here, you kind of know what players you like, and then you start asking yourself these questions. Who would you rather? And then you go, oh, you know what? I do like Aiden better than Sangoon, or I do like Sangoon better than uh, Aiden. I actually think he does break out. Okay, great, fantastic. Um, and then you could start looking at those ADPs and go, whoa. I got Alfred Segun in that, you know, 59-60 range. Um, turns out he's going at 80, right? We just said he's not. But, like, you know, it turns out he's going way later than I thought it was. So maybe at this round, I, I you know, I focus on getting Evan Mobley or someone who's available who's around, who's getting drafted around this area. And then another guy who I have in my plateau around this area, I'll get them in the next round. Great. Fantastic. There's um, one specific player that I have. I think I, I, I might have higher than um, most people is Zach Collins.
1: Um, oh, yeah, Zach I, Collins, love. This, this is wild.
0: I think Zach Collins, I'd rather draft him other than Gobert. And there's a reason for that. At the end of the day, at the end of the season, Gobert might happily finish above Zach Collins. But Zach, Zach Collins' ceiling is higher than Gobert's, period. Um and I don't want to draft Rudy Gobert. I want to take a chance on a guy with a high ceiling and a low floor versus, you know, trudging out Rudy Gobert out there. Rudy Gobert's a perfectly good player. You know what you're going to get out of him. Um he's going to give you those stats. But like I'd rather take, I'd rather value the upside because I think what you can get out of Zach Collins is like a much, much better player. Luckily, I don't have to take Zach Collins anywhere near um, you know, the top 60, top 70. I don't, I don't have to draft him that high. So I'm going to be targeting him later, but I have him in my plateau region near Rudy Gobert and Scotty Barnes, for God's sakes.
1: I think you hit on a great point, and this is the point I want to kind of end on. And if you've listened for this long, you deserve this tip, okay? I agree. Uh, you mentioned Zach Collins, right? ADP is 124. Fantastic, right? But even, you're super high on him, right? So I'm going to say throw out two players I don't think you're that super high on, okay? Jalen Duran and Evika Zubak. They're going 103 and 113 ADP. Now, I'm going to tell you I'm going to draft those two players back-to-back. And in the fourth round, I'm going to draft, I'm going to even reach for somebody that's going in the fifth round. You tell me how it makes sense to draft... Nick Claxton, Walker Kessler, that high, and then you can have any two players you want at 103 and 113. Where I'm picking my two centers,
2: like I just you can don't... take it
0: flyer hey, on Duran and that Collins, and you know, well, I don't know who else is way down there, but uh, somebody. You could take a flyer, or you could just like have Jonas Valancius, like sitting there at the end of the draft,
2: right?
1: But So here's why I mentioned the two players I did, right? There's two, if you put their blocks together, they're basically getting you the same blocks as someone like Kessler. And they're getting you the exact same stat line, basically, across the board as Kessler, other than it takes both of them to get you the blocks. So you're literally going to pick... I'm going to have Jalen Duren and Evika Zubak, and let's say Jalen Brown, okay?
2: hmm
1: And you're going to end up with Walker Kessler, Bruce Brown, and Malcolm Brogdon. Who's winning that war?
0: Yeah, like I mean, I like I, 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 I like the second one.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm saying is like, I don't get drafting a center that high when, like, all they're doing is getting you two and a half blocks. Like, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. You could get those 2.4 blocks. It's a bonus. Yeah, that's fine. Like, those guys are elite players. But, like, you're going to take a guy who averages 12 points a game just because he gets you 2.4 blocks. And I could get literally 2.4 blocks with two guys outside the top 100.
0: Tyler, anyone down here in the, like, the plus 80, plus, nine, plus 100 range that has a ceiling in the tiers? Ooh, It'd be rare. It might not be, like, you know, it might not happen. But someone you'd go, hey, it's it's pick 105, and this guy's available. Why not?
2: Well,
1: I mentioned my Scoot Henderson Love. Um,
2: nope.
1: So um, I'll let that sit there. Um, other than that, like... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not trying to get super high on any of these guys quite yet. But we'll see how this kind of shakes out, right? Like there could be some some big trades. You know, this preseason that kind of opens up some minutes for some guys like Shane Sharp or someone like that, who I might be a little higher on. Like um, there are some names here, though. Like I mean, even guys like Jakob Like there's just that's that's a quality guy. You can get way late, right? Um, that I just you know Tari Eason. If That guy's playing minutes. I feel like that guy's gonna be a good. Like little fantasy yeah. player that could be like How top like 75 guy right and he's like what's he going like way late right like he's um, undrafted yeah and that's what's crazy so uh I, I don't really got any good names that i'm like all in on yet but i'm i'm just that's one thing i'm watching closely in the preseason is like who's playing who's not um that, don't always Marco listen to Fultz. the coaches right
0: somebody who Ooh, break okay. into the tier in, into the tiers down here that you're getting after like plus 80 Everything breaks the for magic? him correctly. He's young, he's talented, the magic get a little bit better. He kind of puts it together. Like, that
1: could work out. Well, here's the other thing with the magic, too, right? They've got too many guards, so they got to clear that glut. Yeah, and if I they know. clear that glut, like, you feel a little bit better about it, right?
0: I feel like he could have, um, like, a little uh, like old-school Oladipo in him.
1: Ooh, ooh, I like that. I like that call. Yeah.
0: Could have it in him. We'll see. I mean, you're right, like there's a lot of really good players who are down here past 100 into the 120s um even into the 140s right who all have like you know al horford sure he could like basically just not play because they don't need him and they just he's too old and blah blah, blah. or al horford could do what al horford does which is play like 20 to 27 minutes and have like good blocks and steals and rebounds and just be like solid right Murray could break out, or he could just do what he did last year. So pick your poison down here, because I, and stop looking at rankings. Like, all these guys are in the same tier. Um, they're in that big, giant plateau region way there at the bottom. Take your chances, take your picks, go after the guys you like. It's supposed to, you know, as, as Tyler says every once in a while, it's supposed to be fun.
1: Yeah, right, and just, just get the guys you want. That's the name of the game. Just get the guys you want.
0: I think that's it for the tiers and the plateaus rankings, uh, the watching the boxes. I'm probably going to publish something on uh, the Fancy basketball uh, subreddit um, that has the tiers and some of the plateau players that I like once I kind of feel comfortable with the uh, the tiered space, which I, I feel pretty comfortable. I might move a few people around. I appreciate everybody listening this long. If you have, thank you. We love you. Um, and we will um, see you soon. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Watching the Boxes. Tyler's at Tyler P Box. Watts? Watts? W A T T S. Please tweet at us. Let us know what you think about the tiers and the plateaus. If you got your own, we'd love to see them. We will see you next time.